And welcome to Better Than Super Mario Brothers, where each episode, Mark and I take a plunge into the cinematic sewer in search of the greatest turds that have ever been filmed. This episode, oh my god, what are we doing? Um, we're on the battlefield Earth. Jesus. Right. This film has got the, dis- the dubiously distinct honour of being the only film I've ever left to cinema, having paid to see the film. Um, because fuck me, it was horrendous. Um, yeah, just some um, background to the film for people who haven't seen it. Um, came out in uh, 2000. It's based on the 1982 novel by L. Ron Hubbard, uh, better known as the uh, Idiot Behind Scientology. Um, and it's basically a very derivative Planet of the Apes ripoff. I mean, a sci fi film about um, a dystopian future in which aliens have taken over the Earth. And yeah, fuck. Jesus, I, I don't think you can even mention it in the same fucking breath as Planet of the Apes. Um, it's it's kind of comparable to the Tim Burton version, if you ask me, um, in as much as they both suck. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's some elements with the dystopia of it, yeah, but, oh, Jesus, it's... Oh, fucking hell, I don't even... This film is so... I mean, I'm not going to bury the lead here. This film is so fucking bad that... I, I just don't even know where to begin. I mean, when you suggested it, I wasn't sure if, if you were joking or not. Um, no, no. And then it became serious. very clear, yeah, that not only were you were you serious, but because you'd left the cinema, you were actually quite keen to watch it again. And I wanted to see <laughs> if it was as bad as I remembered. I mean, I got about, I don't know, 40 minutes in, and I was just like, no, you know, this is fucking horseshit, I can't do it. And over time, I've kind of regretted that because I always sort of say, I, I won't criticise something until I've seen it, I've heard it, I've read it. Yeah, and I that's didn't. Fair. I, I I don't feel I gave this fair enough a chance, or I didn't feel over the years. Now having sat through it and you know, felt my eyeballs bleed and all the rest of it, I'm now glad I walked out. But I'm regretting the fact I then sat through it again. I didn't walk out. I did fall asleep though. I I I can only consciously remember falling asleep in two films. One I remember specifically because it was actually very good, but I was extremely hungover, and the other was this um i wasn't hungover it just bored the fuck out of me and i actually fell asleep woke up about 20 minutes later uh, had no idea what was going on but that's fine because i had no fucking idea what was going on before i fell asleep anyway um yeah, yeah. i mean to be honest you didn't really need to see that hour in the middle to know what the fuck was going on you you right right here's here's the biggest problem i have with this film and there are a lot of problems but this film is called battlefield earth battlefield there should be battles yeah there are no fucking battles nothing happens for the first like what is this film hour and a half it's not very long um, yeah, something like that. And nothing happens for like the first hour and twenty minutes. Then there's just a really shit fight at the end, and nothing really resolves itself. And that's that. That's the film. Like, yeah, I mean, there's the, a whole lot of talking. Are... Yeah, and I, I had the same problem. Is I, I came into it and thinking again, having hit this whole baggage thing of when you know what, I didn't give it a chance. Blah, 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 blah. Came into thinking, right, okay, Battlefield Earth. It's got you know, some interesting graphics on it. You know, it's called Battlefield Earth. There's going to be some like space type shit, no fighting shit in it. Boy, was I wrong. Um, but having done some very minimal reading about it um, this week, it was actually it's only the first half of the book, right. and it was envisaged as being um, as being done as two films. Uh, it should be shot back to back, but they didn't have the money, so they were going to see how the first one did. And then because the film absolutely tanked, and then the, as a result, the um, the production company went tits up. 
they didn't get to make the sequel, which is probably a relief for everybody. I can only hope the second half of the book is better than the first. Yeah, and I mean, here's the problem with franchise filmmaking. Obviously, it works now in this day and age, and it's encouraged, but... I think we probably approach franchise films differently now. Uh, if you look at a franchise like, say, Marvel, then, where it is a multi-part story that the, that the MCU tells, but every film stands on its own. To yeah, be that's fair, what I was going to say. You can also say that of Lord of the Rings. Like, it's clearly one big story, but each of those films have a very definite beginning, middle, and end. Um, this doesn't... They, like, what... I, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with the writing in this film. On it now. It's fucking atrocious. Like, there. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you you've either seen or are at least aware of this film. Uh, in which, and you know, much has been written about its problems, so you probably are aware of how bad it is if you haven't seen it. But it really is just. It's fucking diabolical. There is nothing good here. And you know, the the last two episodes of this podcast, I've said that you know we're not gonna we're not gonna just rail on films because making films is difficult and anyone that manages to do it you know i take my hat off to them but i look at this and just think like how the hell did you make this and think you were actually telling a good story here how is anyone involved aside from travolta who's scientology up to the eyeballs so obviously this is like his jesus role um, yeah I mean, this was his pet project. It's the only reason it ever got made. So, I mean, this was his pet project. He sunk his own money into it because they couldn't get funding for it. And he had to sign on as a producer. Um, so, you know, it's not as if there was any sort of belief in this project other than the star went, I want to make this movie, this book that my mate wrote. Jesus Christ. I mean, fuck me, man. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, okay. Let's... let's let's get into it let's attempt i will attempt to pick the bones of this um but fuck me just before we really dive into just this is bad 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 horribly horribly awful right Um, before before we dive in i'm just going to read you um the second paragraph um from the the wiki entry on this film Uh, so talking about uh, john travolta so travolta a scientologist has sought for years to make a film of the novel by l ron hubbard founder of Scientology. He was unable to obtain major studio funding due to concerns about the script and its connections to Scientology. In 1998, he was picked up by an independent production company, Franchise Pictures, who specialised in rescuing stars' pet projects. Rescuing stars' pet projects. That kind of says everything you need to know about this fucking movie. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But yeah, as I was saying, it's awful. And generally, we'll... We'll get to the end of these things and say, like, obviously there's there's a purpose to this. We need to ascertain whether this is better than Mario Brothers or not. Uh, Spoiler, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) If you hadn't worked that out already. But generally... To bury the lead, they won't listen to the end now. (laughs) Generally, we'll also kind of say, ah, yeah, it might be worth watching for this, or it's a bit of a giggle, it's a bit of a laugh. No, don't watch this. If you haven't, just, look, just spare yourself, honestly. Like, yeah, I mean, we'll spare you like you know an hour of, yeah. of what what this movie would have taken you. It's just fucking awful. And I guarantee I mean, you, and I can say this with no hint of irony or anything. I guarantee you, the next hour will be more entertaining than watching the fucking film. All right, <laughs> even at our worst, we're I more entertaining. Colin Oscar being more entertaining in this film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've I've made notes as I usually do. 
and I couldn't I couldn't see the paper through the tears coming I, out I, of my eyes. I mean to be fair, the only thing keeping me going was I was doodling on my notes as I went. So so I <laughs> you know I do, I do have a fair few pages of notes. Um the the first one like the first note aside from the fact i've made a note in big underlined letters at the top of the page that just says horrible dvd menu underline underline um yeah it, it is atrocious but that's nothing to do with the film uh, i don't know it's, it's kind of in keeping i think isn't it yeah um so the first note i've written which is something i picked up from the opening crawl which is lengthy um but the first thing i've written is just Cyclos, really, <laughs> and and this says more about L. Ron Hubbard than it does anyone else, I'm sure. But is that really the best fucking name you could come up with, Cyclos? Well, let's be fair. The the guy created a quote unquote religion in which he tried to reconcile science and uh, religion, called and he called the religion Scientology. You're not really holding much fucking hope, the guy. No, I guess not. No, I mean, but cycle like. It's like he sat there and went, what do I call them? Well, they're kind of crazy. Yeah, kind of sociopathic, psych- kind of yeah. psychotic. There it is, they're cyclos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And and that is the level of <laughs> of inventiveness, I guess, that runs throughout this this fucking script. Um I I I guess there is only a certain amount we can rag on the screenwriters here because they have source material to work with. Now, no, I, I have not read this them. book. so No, I, I've not read the book. And I've, I've got to be honest, though, given that it's Travolta's pet project, I would imagine there weren't a lot of liberties that are allowed to be taken. I would imagine yeah. it was a case of, look, you've got to kind of stick to this because this is my fucking Bible, man. You can't really go away from it. Yeah, and I think it was no. There may have been an element of, well, what are we going to do? How do we manage this? And they just kind of went with the best they could. Um, I mean, it's the screenplay was done by J.D. Shapiro and Corey Mandel. I've never heard of Corey Mandel. Um, and J.D. Shapiro uh, was a stand-up comic. His best-known work is Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, because those two things are similar. Um... Yeah. I mean, no, that's the fucking no, that's the uh, the guy they brought in. He did some episodes of Charles in Charge. Um, he's still working, sort of. Um, he's done a couple of shorts. Didn't he? If memory serves, though, hasn't he publicly apologised for this film? Quite possibly. Um, Which, <laughs> you know, credit <laughs> if he's yes. done that. He has, um, yeah. So um, it's said on his wiki entry, um, best known for Robert Hood Men in Tights and for writing the screenplay of Elrond Hubbard's Battlefield Earth, which won more Golden Raspberry Awards than any other film, of which Shapiro later apologised. There you so, go. yeah. Fair play to the guy, and job's a job, you know? Oh, look, dude had to get paid, okay? Yeah, no, guy's like, got lead. Yeah. And also, at the end of the... Well, no, he can't say he's a struggling screenwriter or anything, because he's done Men in Tights, so he's bankable by this point. Um, yeah. But yeah took payday fair play just fucking hell <laughs> um, i mean one of one of the main issues is is outlined right at the start and and this will be a theme throughout that i, I may or may not pull on as it depends how deeply we dive into our notes but straight after the titles you get this massive opening crawl uh, yeah. which basically just lays out all of the law of this universe which we don't fucking need as it turns out 
and yeah. they literally hit you with a sledgehammer straight away they summarize it with the line man is an endangered species right okay i think we probably could have got that from the opening scene where we've essentially reverted back to so the middle ages or some shit yeah to the middle ages and there's this super powered alien race like we could have got that you you didn't need to put that in the opening crawl what what happened to show don't tell you know basic rule of filmmaking here guys yeah um, yeah it, it's it, it's kind of and the thing that's thrown me before you get to that the poster for this movie oh it's bad got, i mean i've got it in front of me and it's quite amusing because it's so bad you've got john travolta battlefield earth take back the planet right that's bad enough and then you've got a, a, you've got Travolta sort of blue face taking up about half the pay, half the, the poster and then what look that I don't know if they're supposed to be ships or flying motorbikes or flying fucking monkeys I can't quite tell but there's millions of the bastards where were they in the film? Yeah, yeah I mean they are there you do see them briefly there's one of those at the end that gets shot down isn't there and then yeah, but there's millions of these bastard in things on the on the poster. Where yeah, are the, yeah, no, yeah. This this is why I had high totally hopes for this mis-sold. film. Yeah, totally. I was expecting a Star Wars ripoff going into this. Yeah, I would. Um, I'd have taken. Given that no, it was what nine months after Phantom Menace, I'd have taken a Star Wars ripoff. I've got to be honest. Was this really just nine months after Phantom Menace? If that. Wow. I mean, look, I. I don't hate Phantom Menace. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. But compared to this. It's a it's fucking, fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. And when when you're holding George Lucas up as a paragon of how to write a film, like you know you're in trouble at that point where we're saying Lucas is a better writer than this. Fuck me. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so we get this horrible scrawl and then the next thing I've written is the performances are fucking awful. I don't think there is a sentence that I could construct that could convey how bad these performances are aside from travolta and forrest whitaker everybody else is atrocious like no i've, I've got to say that travolta and whitaker together are passable when they're with anybody else i just yeah. couldn't i couldn't cope i just couldn't do it no i was watching him chew the fucking scenery and i'm like seriously this is what your big comeback was for this is what pulp fiction and everything you've done since 1993-94 has been building towards this pile of dog shit and yet he is still the most entertaining thing in the whole film <laughs> and that is saying something um, yeah but the thing that got me right and I, I was I'm not sure quite sure how much detail we're going into but the way that they tried to set his character up as being this incredibly intellectual um, very political very conniving very cunning character and it's Again, comparing it to the Star Wars prequels, it's kind of akin to Ian McDermott, again, chewing the scenery, overacting every fucking line and being really fucking dull about it. If anybody had half a brain, they'd have seen through it straight away. Now, here's another weird thing, and this is where I think perhaps it comes into the fact that it was his passion project and maybe he's more in the driving seat than than any of the creatives involved. Um, It feels like he is the hero of this film it feels like it is travolta's story it's oh, yeah, clearly absolutely. not meant to be no uh, it's barry pepper's movie i can't remember his character but it's barry pepper's movie yeah but it like it, especially the whole first half like he doesn't even speak hardly yeah um it's all on travolta 
and it's all about his plan he's he has all the agency in the story until at least the halfway point of the film uh it's not until kind of maybe the hour mark that the humans actually put a plan together and stage a comeback and actually take some agency in the story otherwise it's all just the machinations of john travolta and how he's going to get what he wants yeah and i I think part of that i mean comes back to what we were saying earlier about the fact that you know it is based on the first half of the book and if they've taken it that faithfully that you'll be sort of taking it that run when the humans come in halfway through this film would be about the end of act one when things start to change when the worm starts to turn so that kind of makes sense if you're making it as this one super long movie or you are making two movies one back to back so that you can release them straight away and people will follow them, or you're doing them a year apart, or whatever it's going to be. But to make this as a standalone movie that may or may not get a sequel, it just yeah. doesn't stack up. And I think that for all the for all the talent that is involved, and you look at people, you look at the people involved. I say them, not masses of well-known names, but no, you look at the people involved who know how to put a movie together. You're thinking, are they really that naive? Yeah, it's. <sighs> fucking hell what they must have been like I, I can only assume that everybody involved with this project thought they were doing something good it, they must have i think they were probably all scientologists to be honest all just looking for a paycheck yeah because i mean if they if they were scientologists then they'd be saying right okay well this is them this is the god book this is them this is everything that you know, sums up everything that we we follow and all fine yeah great so that they would have questioned it and the right the people the creators who weren't scientologists would have gone fuck it i'm getting paid i mean from from a creative's point of view it's almost like the director and the cinematographer are taking the piss it's almost like because like i mean for a start how many cuts is it possible to have in one scene right so the editor's (laughs) in on this as well like this thing is shot like a fucking adhd mtv nightmare it's (laughs) fucking cuts everywhere there are dutch like practically every shot is dutch yeah it's like by I would a fucking love to spirit see level i'd love <laughs> to see their shot list i've got to be honest i no, this i know their, their their um production bible just to see you know how much of that was planned and how much was oh fuck i can't be bothered is it not straight oh i don't care fuck it just get on it's there. ridiculous it's like everything is dutch there's slow-mo everywhere there yes. are wipes they're a bad transition. It's like a fucking Zack Snyder spunk fest wet dream. It's... Tell me what it reminded me of. It's there's an episode of The Simpsons where um, there's a film festival comes to Springfield and Homer's making a film and everything is star wipes and you star wipe and you star. It reminded me of that. She's like, yeah. "Ooh, I've got a button for that. Ooh, what's this one do? Ooh, ooh, that's posh. That's nice. That's fancy." What yeah, the it's other like options? they just nah. discovered iMovie. Like... Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Jesus. And then you get the first appearance of Travolta's character, and I haven't even written this down in my notes. It just jumped out at me instantly, and I thought, oh, I'm going to remember that. Um, For some fucking reason, when Travolta first shows up, the whole lighting and colour palette changes immediately and Mm. bathes him in this kind of green light. Out of nowhere, there is no practical explanation for where this light comes from. It just all of a sudden the palette goes green like it's bizarre but there must somebody must have chosen that as you know there's no there's no logic behind it but somebody must have made a choice 
yeah, I, I, but like I say, it's, it's almost like they're just going, ah, fuck it, Tarola's letting us do whatever, as long, as long as we turn the camera on and let him say his piece, fucking carry on, this is bad anyway, we may as well have fun. Like, that's, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a while since we watched it now, um, and like I say, it's just, the things that jumped, I said, I said, it's just, there's just nothing about this I can say that redeems it even slightly. Oh God, no! I mean, not Chris, at all. even if they just throw some boobs in somewhere, yeah, there's, just give there's us something. No entertainment value, but it's, it's like you said, it's been it's been a minute since we watched this um, for various reasons. Um, you know, Mark's moved house, we've moved servers. Like this, this episode's been slightly delayed by probably two or three weeks. So mm. I probably watched this now. A month, well, maybe even maybe five, six weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, and for a split second, when I knew this was coming up, for a split second, I just thought, oh, perhaps I should rewatch it again. And instantly, I was like, no. I mean, it helps that I gave you the DVD and said, I don't fucking want it back. Yeah, I mean, it's on my <laughs> shelf, and it was on the shelf next to the um, next to the other DVDs. So I was like, I could, put, I could put it on, just just watch ten minutes, just to just to get myself back in the frame of mind. No, no fucking way, no chance whatsoever. Um, it's telling actually as well. I mean, talking. About, I mean, how just how fucking bad this film is. It's I've never come across it before, but for a film of this age, it's not available on digital media. It's not available on streaming. It's not available for download. You can on you can get it on VHS, and if you look really fucking hard, you can get it on DVD. But yeah, that's this. It. This wasn't. It wasn't difficult to track down, but it wasn't like any other film or even over on smpd when we've had some of the more difficult shows to find we can always kind of get them within a within a couple of minutes if you know yeah. where to look uh this was pretty difficult i ended up getting hold of a copy on ebay i got it for peanuts i think i paid like 75 pence yeah i think you paid more in shipping didn't you i did it cost me almost twice as much for postage as it did for the dvd um i'm sure it was something like 75 or 80 pence i was still ripped off oh absolutely <laughs> i should I mean, to, to be fair you, to watch you, you, this fucking thing you pay Not more for coaster so i think you're all right yeah i mean yeah well actually it's your coaster now i'm serious i don't fucking i i do not want this thing darkening my dvd collection and i own some fucking shit i'm Maybe not afraid of it yeah like yeah i mean yeah give it give it to like a charity shop or something maybe just with a like an apology written on the front Look, if 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 like I don't know, fucking cancer research can get twenty p for it or something, then happy days. Yeah, like, that's right. Fucking but, like, give, mean, it to, if... give it to underprivileged kids; they can fucking throw it at each other and play frisbee. <laughs> it's gonna do more fucking use than watching it. Yeah, so, but I mean, saying that, I mean, if you know, if it if this were to pop up, if I knew nothing about this movie, and I'd watch I saw it again, wouldn't you? If you yeah. saw that poster, I saw yeah. that poster. I picked up the DVD and I read the back. I'd go, yeah, yeah I'll give that up. That's it's only two hours. I'll give that a look. If I knew nothing about it, I'd, I'd come into this with high hopes, thinking, right, it looks all right. It looks like it could be half decent. Okay, Travolta's blue on the poster, but, yeah, I can live with that. You know, he's a giant smurf or whatever. But, no. I mean, what the fuck were they thinking? Now, on that note, and again, this comes down to just how much Travolta must have been in the driving seat. Every other cyclo is absolutely caked in makeup to make them look like bad Klingons with dreadlocks. Yes, Travolta has next to no makeup whatsoever, other than like a prosthetic hand and some really fucking big Gary glitter boots. That's yeah. it. That's that's it. Like they 
His hairpiece is done such that it suggests that he's got a slightly elongated head. But, yeah. like, the rest of them are buried under, like, full face makeup. Oh, yeah, they're, they're in proper, no, I said proper, proper Klingon garb. And then yeah. he's just like, I've got some big eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, that he has no makeup whatsoever, no discernible makeup anyway. Yeah. Um, it, it's just poor. Like, if that's what Cyclos looked like, then he should look like that. Well, yeah, that's it. Now, you again, it it um, harks back to the fact it's a vanity project. It's like, look at me, look at the work I'm doing. I'm furthering the cause, so my face has to be front and center. And every ass is going, dude, seriously, what the fuck? Yeah, why and am I, mean, I in this fucking movie? Yeah, I, I, while we're on makeup, I'll take a leap to the special effects as well. Now, I understand that this film is now what was this two thousand and something? So... It was shot in ninety nine. It released in two thousand. Okay, so we're talking about uh, a near enough 20-year-old film. Yeah. So credit where it's due. Obviously, there have been advancements in effects technology since then. But even so, when we first see Planet Cyclo and whenever we see the fucking ships, this genuinely looks like a PS2 game. Like this CGI I wouldn't even give it that much credit, to be honest. I was going to say it's like a Commodore game. It's fucking atrocious. Like, we... I understand that it was a trouble project and shit like that, but there are TV shows out earlier than this that have better CGI than this does. It's awful. Like, it's not rendered properly. There's no lighting effects on there. It's, oh, it's just horrible. Horrible, yeah. horrible. I mean, on that, I mean, um, it was panned across the board. It's been named as the worst film of all times um, by, according to the wiki page, four different sources. Um Every aspect of it has been absolutely panned. Um, the acting, the cinematography, the script, the special effects, the art direction. Um, it received eight Golden Raspberry Awards, which was the most um, of any film um, up until that point. And it was only overtaken in 2012 when Jack and Jill won 10. Um, and I think that's fair because you know, Adam Sandler times two is fucking horrendous. Um, even yeah, so, easy I, on Adam Sandler. We're going to end up with some Adam Sandler films in this podcast, I guarantee I, you. I like Adam Sandler, but that was pretty atrocious. That said, I wouldn't have said it's as bad as this piece of crap. But uh, times times move on, and the people who vote for these things obviously became more sophisticated. Um, but in again, in 2010, it was voted the worst film of the decade. Um, although I disagree with this statement, it's since become a cult film in the so, so bad it's good vein. What a oh, load no. of crap. It's it's no, not no. so bad, it's good, it's just so bad. So, 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 so bad. There are no redeeming features about this film apart from that it fucking ends. Nothing whatsoever. There's no comedy value. There is Well, not intentionally nothing. anyway. I, I I don't even think there's unintentional comedy value. Nothing is funny, it's just fucking painful. This film annoyed me. I am annoyed and it and it's blissfully short. But I am annoyed that I wasted that much out of a Saturday afternoon watching this fucking thing. Like, and I've done it twice. I watched yeah. it in the fucking cinema as well. All right, I fell asleep. Yeah, it's it's just not. There's just no. I say there's no redeeming features about it. Um, and for me, the worst part of it is that um, that the people who invested in it had to sue the company and made the company go bankrupt because they 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 fraudulently overstated the budget by almost fifty percent. So it wasn't easy to think. Say, oh yeah, you know, it didn't, it didn't lose that much money. They overstated to a point where they said we didn't even make back the the money we actually spent on it, let alone what we said we spent on it. Jesus. I mean, they fraudulently claimed that um, they they overstated by thirty one million dollars, 
So I mean, you know, t- and the uh, the reported budget was seventy five. So actually, the budget would be about forty five. Where the fuck forty five million dollars went on this movie? I have no idea. Uh, probably Drogba's salary. Uh, Pro- probably and, and and his hairpiece. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I, I'm just dipping back into my notes now, and like there are points where I, I have written three or four times. Why is there so much talking? Christ, stop talking in exposition. More fucking talking. Please shut up. I've written this several times. Like, all these people do is talk, and they have nothing interesting to say. They just talk in exposition in order to explain the fucking backstory of the world, which we've already had in The Crawl, and which, with a more skilled filmmaker with a deft touch, would be able to get over just by showing you the right stuff. You don't need to have characters explain what's going on. If you do, you are a bad filmmaker. Like, stop it. Yeah. I mean, all right, so we've talked about that's quite a few of the issues that were with the film. Let's talk about what passes for a plot. What fucking plot? <laughs> right, okay. Now, let's, let's think about, let's take this as, as it comes, right? So you've got this race of super aliens who dominated the planet and wiped out about 90% of humanity in like 10 minutes or whatever it was. They can't breathe our atmosphere, so they build a huge fucking bubble everywhere they go. So that they is so- not explained until absolutely necessary, by the no, way. No, it's, it's not until right at the end where they go, if we blow it up, we can kill them. Yes, all. yes. Now, they... Where the fuck did that come from? A hundred minutes ago. Now, apparently, the things that they wear in their nose, they do, again, in a throwaway line earlier on, they mention something about needing those nose pieces in to breathe. Okay, mm. but the humans also apparently need those nose pieces to breathe. Yeah. So, it again, it doesn't make any sense. What would have been better and would have been the more filmic approach to doing that is to have one of them die because their nose piece was pulled off. Then yeah. we understand that you don't have to give us all of this shit at the end. But not only that, like. It's the way they've kind of set up is that Earth's Earth's natural atmosphere is toxic to the cyclos. So why is it toxic to humans? Irradiate the fucking planet. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be that... that, Because I think outside, the humans are okay, aren't they? When they're outside of the cyclo bubble thing, they breathe. It's when they're inside the cyclo bubble thing, then they have to wear the nose piece things. Because the cyclos kind of swap it over, I think. Now, see, again, what the actual fuck... It is absolute nonsense that isn't needed other than for the fucking huge DSS machina at the end. That's it. It's because they have no way out of this, so yeah. they just have to explain it somehow. And it's there purely to serve an ending to a story that doesn't even have a fucking beginning. That's the only reason it's there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so we've got that. And then, so the Cyclops are on the planet and they're mining gold because obviously there's nothing more precious in the universe yeah. than gold. What the actual fuck? Like, these are aliens. Surely there's like there's got to be a mineral out there more valuable than gold, for fuck's well, may- sake. Maybe they're H. Samuel close, and they need to, to make their own jewellery. Yeah, maybe. But, um, yeah, so they, they, they're mining gold, but then throughout this character's name, I think it was Turl or something like that. Um, fuck knows. So he then goes, you know what? We're mining all this gold for the 
for the powers that be, but they've just fucked me over and said I'm going to be here for you know forever because I cracked onto somebody's daughter or wife or whatever it was. Again, something completely fucking innocuous and nobody cares about. So oh, they spend a good deal of time explaining that though. There's a whole like two or three minute scene. But but again, it's this whole as as you said earlier, it's this whole thing of this being Travolta's movie. It's 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 his no, it's the thing that sets him back and sets him off on his hero's arc because he's going to redeem himself by liberating the yeah. planet of all its gold. Oh, yeah, and it and it feels like that as well. But what could be explained again in two lines of dialogue or I don't know, a photograph maybe. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, a, a, actually, a pornographic puppet scene like in Team America. Yeah. yeah actually takes us about three or four minutes of people sat around a table having a pissing contest and talking in absolute bollocks made up words yeah um yeah so i mean it's i mean you have that so he goes so his his whole plan to get back at the the powers that be for abandoning him on 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 earth is he's going to steal all the gold so okay fine that's your that's your master plan which again you'd expect to be crazy space prospector yeah, I mean, again, you'd expect that you know, from from the hero who's trying to get one over on the people on on the bad guys. Yeah, fine, great, whatever. So then he entrusts the slaves with their own spaceship and their own mining rig now, to to now. go find this precious resource and bring it back to them. Yeah. Now, the way they fucking explain this again, I like, I've got to put this down to poor editing and poor. I'm assuming, actually, I'm blaming the editor. I'm assuming it was written this way. But there is a whole point where we are led to believe that our hero, not John Travolta, the the strong, silent human... Johnny B. Good or whatever his name is. Yeah. uh, Johnny Good Boy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, Johnny Good Boy Tyler. Jesus Christ. Sounds like a fucking stripper. Jesus Christ. Um... We are led to believe that he escapes from the Cyclos, yeah. who are made to look absolutely fucking useless, by the way, because they're super-powered aliens, and he's essentially a fucking Neanderthal. Anyway, I'm watching this, and I've written a note, like, what is going on? How does he escape? And then, after the escape scene, it just ends. You don't really see where he goes or anything, or mm. what he does. So I've written, what was the point in the fucking escape scene? And then because we cut back to John Travolta, and I haven't brought this up yet, my next note, why exactly does John Travolta sound like Terence and Philip in this film? <laughs> what kind of creative choice was that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd forgotten about that, because it's, 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 it's a Lexus we watched it. I remember thinking at the time, why is he putting on a semi-Canadian accent? Yeah. It, it's, like, it's like the piss-takey Brian Adams one that they do in South Park sometimes. I think he's actually going for British. And ends up is that Canadian. what it is? I think oh, man. so. But even so, why I mean, are the aliens British? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I've been... Uh, I, I grew up on American television, so my accent's a bit muddled sometimes. I've been accused of being Canadian. Um, but I've, that's just... There's, I just don't get that. I don't understand why... I don't understand where that came from in him. I really don't. Um, but, yeah, it's just... This, this whole thing, and I said... There are some really odd choices... Uh, all the way through, you know, from from the acting choices, from some of the choices the actors have made, some of the choices the directors made, the editor, the people who Bonkers. decided this was a good fucking idea. Yeah, I mean, what they, what they were thinking, I have no idea. Yeah. But but we cut back to him then talking in bad Canadian exposition and laying out his whole grand plan. So then I've yeah. written, oh, right, I get it. It's just really fucking bad editing. Um, because surely it would have 
made more dramatic sense for us to have known this before the escape happened so that we could be like no johnny be good don't try and escape but no because they are not good filmmakers um then during this scene as well and you could if travolta had been more subtle you could have missed this but he absolutely twats his fucking head on the door frame halfway through the scene. It is clearly not intentional, but he makes such a fucking show of it and overacts to fuck. Like, he, he just hits his head and he goes, you know what? I'm going to run with it. Fuck it. Yeah. They were probably running out of film. And he really... Like, we talk about chewing scenery. Fuck me, does he make a meal of hitting his head. Um <laughs> I've got to take my hat off him to that. That is probably the most entertaining part of the whole film. It's fucking yeah. hilarious. No, if nothing no. else, try YouTube in John Travolta hitting his head in Battlefield Earth. I bet it's out there. Yeah. And it's fucking hilarious. I mean, the, the bit that made me laugh, actually, and it's the, if, they, if they'd ignored it in the, in, in the script, I'd have found it funny, is the fact that they go off to mine this gold and they come back with fucking bricks from Fort Knox. If they just, if they just not put a line in following that up and just giving him that gold... It would a it would have been more entertaining because it would have made him look look more stupid, but then they kind of ruined it. Went, oh well, if you've got time to smelt it into bricks, you've got time to mine more. So you ruined the fucking joke. Yeah, totally. And that that kind of sums the entire movie up for me is that there were there was potential in some of the don't get me wrong, it was fucking the source material was awful, but there was potential in some of it where they could have had a bit of a laugh, and instead they went, no, we're not giving you that one. We're going to piss all over your joke. I thought, well. What's the fucking point? Yeah. If you're going to piss on it like that, like, if you're going to completely devalue it, what's the point in making it in the first place? Totally. And and oh, there are just stupid choices like throughout. Like one of the biggest ones for me um, is about, well, it's just about this time that we're talking about in, in the story where um, Johnny B. Good or whatever his fucking name is gets put in a fucking magic machine and learns the fucking silo's language so he can speak to him. Yeah. Now, all the way through, both the humans, when they speak, which is not very often, um, and the cyclos speak in English, yes. essentially. And all of a sudden, both of them are able to converse with each other in English. Yeah. With and there's, no there's... discernible accent or dialect other than the bad Canadian. Yeah, and there's, so, there's never really been any indication that they don't understand they, each other. No, exactly. So, so really, surely... I had, to go, I had to wind it back and sort of yeah. go through that, but he goes, oh, hang on, when did that happen? Why can they, Why is all of a sudden... Why now weren't they, they subtitled it? until this point? Again, it would have made for much better drama because then... When you want to, we can see this from the human's perspective and not actually understand what they're saying. So things like Travolta laying out his plan and what have you. Like, this is basics. <laughs> like, this yeah. is so basic. It just doesn't fucking work. Like, there's Every time you think, all oh, right, okay, I can see what they've... No, no, they haven't done that right at all. That's just bollocks. Um, and yeah, it's just painful. And the, the bit that, th that got me the most, actually, I've got to be honest, he goes into the... Uh, into the matrix and he gets pumped with all this you know, all this information so you now understand the rest of it. It turns him from being a Neanderthal hunter-gatherer who can barely speak to being... To a fucking genius. Fucking James Bond who can fly anything, shoot anything, build anything, proper MacGyver shit. Yeah. To a point where he you know, he can also no, he can also fly this, you know, this spaceship that he's been given from Kentucky to Texas with nobody noticing and then nick some Harrier jump jets 
and some missiles and some you know, fucking bombs. Like, Hang on, what exactly was in this fucking machine? Yeah, it's fucking. It's essentially the Matrix, but not done as well. <laughs> it's it's atrocious. It, it's like you put him in the machine, you can learn kung fu basically. Um, yeah, it's fucking. It's terrible. Um, we do get. I, I noticed my next note. I, I said that Travolta hitting his head is the best bit of this film. Mm. I was wrong because I'd forgotten and I've got my note here. The best is when he needs to demonstrate how powerful his gun is, so he shoots all of the legs off a fucking cow. (laughs) 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 No discernible reason. (laughs) He just shoots the legs off a cow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What? Like... Yeah, yeah, that I'd forgotten about that bit actually. Um, but yeah, the, but they made this whole you no, know, this whole big spiel about you no, know, this this whole big point about that where he's you no, know, he's showing you no, know, he's showing the the slave slash rebels that it's a, it's a life weapon. And he's tr- trusting Johnny be good with it, but then Johnny be good makes a show of giving it back to him because he doesn't want to give away his plan, which they haven't yet fucking formed. No, because they have no fucking plan. It's, uh, I mean, I've written shortly after that. You've already touched on this, but I've written then like. How thick are they? Surely the fact that the gold has been processed into bars is a dead giveaway. And yeah. then next note I've written, okay, explained. So But yeah, like, it's just like why 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 bother? It's it's unnecessary detail. If if you're gonna be if you're gonna make the joke, make the joke. If you're gonna if you're going to explain the joke and then devalue it, don't bother. Just save yourselves the no, ten seconds it takes to to put that in the film. Because it doesn't do anything. And if anything, it just serves to remind me of how joyless this fucking film was. Ah, oh, totally. Totally. And and also, just, even if it's not a joke, like, if you've now been made super intelligent, surely you would spot the obvious flaw in your own plan by mining the fucking bars into gold. Like, surely you'd realise. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bad. Um... But yeah, it's and the, 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 my favorite bit is that they do all this planning and they get them. They get they go from um, Fort Knox to Fort Hood, so they can they they find all this military stuff and they learn to use it. They plan and train for a week. Yeah, and then during can... which, during which there is a slow motion running sequence with Johnny B. Good. <laughs> yeah, Johnny B. Good is not Tom Cruise. I'll just say that now. If you're gonna do slow motion running, you call the other Scientologist guy because yeah. he knows how to run in slow motion. Johnny, be good. No, not so fucking good. He looks like a tit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean it's it's just the sort of thing. I mean they they've missed the glorious opportunity of a montage. They could have oh, had totally. they could have had a nice training montage and just did done away with all this shit. Saved us about ten minutes. Hang on, yeah, a week has passed and now we've not now we know how to fly this shit or. It's been a really tough six months, but now we know how to fly this shit. But no, they have a week of training and planning, and then they launch their attack. And it's like, oh, okay, is that it? Yeah. Now, to a point where I thought I'd missed some. I, th- I actually thought I dropped off and missed a bit. Well, because all of a sudden it was a week. La- it was a week later. A week later, yeah. Now we're only forty-five minutes into this podcast, and we've laid out essentially the first hour and 10 15 minutes of this film already. That little happens. The rest is just talking. That's yeah. it. Just talking and explaining 
the universe at large. There is a hell of a lot of time world building. Don't get me wrong. a world which no one gives a fuck about. Don't get me wrong. I like a good talkie. I mean, some of the films that we've seen, that we've seen together have been all talking, but they are set as talkie movies. This is sold as a fucking sci-fi action adventure, just without yeah, the action and the, and the adventure. Even so, there is there is an art to that. Even in a in a quote unquote talky movie, something even in a Kevin Smith movie. Then, if you want to go down a talky route, Kevin Smith is a master of this. The characters aren't just talking bollocks. Hmm. There is subtext in the dialogue. That yeah. is the point. Whereas this is just, this is this, just I mean, this is just Basil exposition times ten. Yes, it's fucking atrocious. <laughs> it's oh my god, I can't. I just keep saying it's fucking atrocious, but there are. There is not a word invented for how bad this is. There really isn't. No, um, there's not. All right, I'll, 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 I'll give away the ending because no, I think. Oh, it, we've got, we've got. I've got. I've got half a page of notes on the ending. We can. Right. Like, well, I'll, like, I'll dive into the ending, and you can you can crack on. I mean, anybody who's listened to us thus far is probably now not going to watch the movie if they've not seen it before. So I don't mind spoiling the don't. end. Please, please don't watch this film. Honestly. Or if, if you do, it's not on our recommendation. We are recommending that you don't unless you are some sort of masochist. Um, yeah, don't sue us. Like, if you decide to watch this on your own fucking head, be it. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. I mean, we, we, as you may have no, you may have been able to tell from no, the introduction to this and the previous episodes we've done, we are looking for bad movies that we're not necessarily going to recommend anybody watches unless they really fucking want to. If you want to watch this, it's on you. And we take no blame for any trauma that comes out as a result. Um, but the end of this movie, right? So, again, we know nothing about the Cyclo home planet, whatever it's called. Um, is, it, is it given a name or is it just Cyclone or something like that? It's, it's Planet Cyclo. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. The Cyclos are from oh. Cyclo. Motherfucker. Um, okay, so... We know we we've never been to this world, and we know this teleportation thing because that's seeded really early on when they come down and fuck Travolta or his promotion or whatever it is. So we know there's a teleportation beam that goes from one to the other. Happy days. So then, the the end. There's a suicide mission in which one of them flies a shuttle into the dome and blows it up, so suffocates all the cyclos inside, and then Johnny B. Good sends up somebody else uh, uh, to Cyclo with a dirty nuke. Because that will irradiate the entire planet, react with their atmosphere, and kill them all. My very last note. How the fuck do they know that? Yeah, my very last note is just, and I will enunciate this as I've written it. Um, how does a bomb blow up a fucking planet? Like this is a really city. big fucking bomb. It's a fucking planet. Like, and we're not drilling down to the planet's core or anything like that. It's just a dude showing up with a fucking nuke. And he blows up the entire fucking planet with one nuke. Now, again, if you'd had it, I mean, the, the way it's explained here is that the radiation reacts catastrophically with the atmosphere and destroys all life. Now, I can live with that. If, if you, no, you use the CGI, instead of blowing up the planet, yeah. you set fire to the atmosphere and everything suffocates. I can live with that. But they don't. They blow the fucking they, planet up. But they blow the fucking doors off. I it, mean, they go Krypton with this shit. Like, <laughs> it's, the planet literally explodes. Yeah, uh, uh, I just, I despair. I really do. And I mean, 
you could clearly tell that this movie got made because Travolta wanted to make it. There's no way anybody would have touched this with a fucking barge ball. And if yeah. this had been tr- 89 Travolta as opposed to 99 Travolta, still nobody would have touched it. No, no. Right, okay. Problems with the ending. Right, okay. go. Let's I'll, go I'll one at a time here, like a list. How long um, have we got? <laughs> I mean, there are, there are narrative problems, one of which we've just hit, and there are just some general fucking filmmaking problems as well. Right, first and foremost general bad filmmaking there's a point where the woman that johnny b good goes off in search of right back at the start just shows up again out of fucking nowhere and she's wearing this collar that makes her head go boom yeah um it's a la suicide squad uh basically if she fucking misbehaves or he misbehaves or he misbehaves yeah blow her head off right so there's a point where they managed to remove this collar and they have a conversation in which these words are uttered. Won't the cyclo in charge see I'm not wearing this collar anymore? Um, yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even any thought of a fucking scarf or anything. No. Uh, and they actually verbalize this as well. And then they do go on to explain what they're going to do. And he's like, look, none of this is necessary. This is totally unnecessary dialogue. Yeah, just like, go and do it. Or, you know, emote. It's called <laughs> acting, kids. Give it a go. <laughs> There's not much uh, evidence of that in this movie, let's be fair. No. Then we have more slow-mo running. Again, Johnny B. Good is still not Tom Cruise. Um, now, there is a worry about how if they don't manage to get this plan off the ground quick enough and blow up the planet quick enough, then the Cyclos can send further reinforcements by teleporting them down from planet Cyclo to Earth. Yeah? Yeah. Now, the whole point is that once the dome is blown up, the Cyclos cannot breathe on Earth. So, how are you going to send reinforcements exactly? Like, what have I missed there? Yeah. (laughs) You can send as many Cyclos as you like. Still can't fucking breathe, mate. So, crack on, I guess. <laughs> Send as many yeah. as you like. You're just yes. going to die. The, the more the merrier. Yeah, right? That makes no fucking sense whatsoever. The words are muttered by the humans. Piece of cake. Um, They have gone back to the Middle Ages. They have... Yeah, there's no fucking cake anywhere. Food. They've never seen cake in their fucking life. Yeah, we're a thousand years into a dystopian future. There's no cake anywhere. No, they would have no concept of cake. Like, which, wrap your head around that one to start with. That's some truly frightening shit. But they would not have any concept of cake. Like, let alone the phrase, piece of cake. Yeah, that just doesn't make any sense, does it? None at all. Um, Just as an off note, I've written the cyclo reinforcements look like retarded Klingons. Um, (laughs) I've just written that as a side note. Uh, right when the dome eventually falls because there's uh, a whole bunch of shit about how of course it doesn't go according to plan which means that somebody's got to sacrifice themselves and all of that the cgi is so bad that the pieces from the dome fall in flat sections they don't spin they don't have any kind of velocity they don't (laughs) they just fall yeah (laughs) it's it's that uh that cyclo technology, obviously. Yeah, uh, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, now, towards the end, when we're having our big showdown with Johnny B. Good and Travolta, 
Johnny B. Good manages to take the collar, which was earlier on not around the girl's neck, yeah. and clamp it onto Travolta's arm mm. so that he can blow Travolta's arm holding his gun off. Yeah? Yeah. When he goes to blow it. I'm sorry, but how the fuck do you not realise that somebody's clamped a fucking iron collar around your arm? Like, how thick do you have to be? Well, <laughs> yeah. He's that... holding his fucking hand out with the button. <laughs> yeah, do you not see it at that point? I mean, uh, oh, let alone I, feel it. I, I try to be good. Reflex is that good? That he's, it's on him in a split in, in the split split second. He goes to press the button. Is he that fast? It, it's just again. Maybe, maybe that's why know. they need all the slow mo. Just you know, bring him down to normal speed. Yeah, uh, and then my next note after that is how the fuck does the bomb blow up a fucking planet? Because at that point, I I was just a gibbering I... wreck. Yeah, I'd kind of given up by that point. I was just like, you know what? Fuck. Uh, So I was was holding my knees and rocking back and forth and dribbling and all sorts at this point because I was just like, seriously, somebody made this fucking movie. Yeah. I wish wish we could make this podcast a bit more lighthearted and have something at least funny to say about this film, but it makes me so fucking angry talking about this. I've got something funny to say about this movie. Go on, then. Okay, so um, it's in the the background um, information I found. Travolta converted to Scientology in 1975 and subsequently became one of the Church of Scientology's most prominent uh, supporters. Hubbard sent him an autographed copy of Battlefield Earth when the book was first published. He reportedly hoped that Travolta would turn the book into a film in the vein of Star Wars and Close Encounters. Uh, Travolta described the book in interviews as like Pulp Fiction for the year 3000 and like Star Wars only better Um, first of all like Star Wars only better is a fucking mental thing to say by any token (laughs) yeah secondly how the fuck is this even remotely like Pulp Fiction well it's got John John Travolta in it that's about it I I don't understand. <laughs> I know. Does I... he mean because there's lots of talking and Tarantino also does lots of talking very well? Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't get it. Um... Wasn't At one point, wasn't Travolta going out? If I remember rightly, didn't Travolta go hard after Tarantino to direct this? I'm sure I remember reading about that. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I'm not but sure. Can you imagine... Can you imagine showing this to Tarantino and being like, oh, I got your next project for you, Quentin? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I can't see that. There's, there's not enough fucks in it for a start. I, there's just not enough anything in it. It's atrocious. And he's a phenomenal filmmaker. Like, he he would have laughed. Him. Maybe that's why Travolta doesn't really work with him anymore. Um... Maybe. Um yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a lot of stuff that uh, there's quotes from um, Hubbard about the fact that there was in, as soon as it was published, there was interest in in the three screenplays he'd written for, uh, from the book, and he'd envisaged you know by 1986 it was going to be made, and uh, he then died, so it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just like this, this whole they they wholly believed in this project. This was going to be you know, the second coming of movies. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't really know where to go. Um, from there it's god I I wish we were doing this later in this podcast's life because I don't think we're ever going to find anything 
this bad. That's kind of not the point because we're looking. We are looking for things that have some redeeming features that we might actually enjoy. Uh, and and yeah, this is just Jesus Christ. I, there are no words. There are no fucking words. Just it's it's just a waste of what is it eight how long is it it's like 80 90 minutes 17 minutes oh shit it's even longer than i thought okay it is a waste of two hours of anyone's life it's just there are much better i would rather sit in a room do nothing and just spend two hours counting my fucking breaths than watch this film again yeah yeah, actually, you, yeah, you're right. I've, I've got a note here. Actually, Travolta and his manager Jonathan Crane took uh, the lead in hiring on set personnel. They initially approached, approached Tarantino to direct. When he declined, Roger Christian, who was a protege of George Lucas, was recruited uh, on the advice of George Lucas. Even George Lucas is having a fucking laugh at this point. Yeah, now the guy that did end up directing it didn't he do effects or something? Like we say, protege, but what isn't he an effect? Guy? He was the second unit director on Phantom Menace. Ah, oh, second unit director. Jesus Christ. So he comes off Phantom Menace and onto this pile of shit. Like, yeah, I but, guess no, I, mean, I guess he's, this he's, explains he's, the wipes. Yeah, but he's not. You know, it's not as if he's you know, high up on the list with uh, Phantom Menace. Second so, unit. Yeah. So it's not as if they've got. Oh well, we can't get Lucas, so we'll get um, uh, Lawrence Kasdan instead. No, they've gone for the guy who ran the fucking B unit in Tunisia. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Um, I'm 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 fucking I'm done. I'm annoyed talking <laughs> about this. This film's annoying me just talking about it. I I have nothing else to say about this film other than it is absolutely the biggest pile of utter shit that has ever been committed to celluloid. It's awful, 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 awful. And if you find a copy, you should buy it and burn it. You are doing the world a service. Just just stand away because now if you burn DVDs, the fumes get you. Um, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, the films aren't aren't too good for the DVDs. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, just uh, instantly, we're talking about all the uh, all the angles in the film. According to Roger Christian, he it was intentionally um, he intended to make every every shot d- uh, uh, Dutch because he wanted it to look like a comic book. Th- oh right, yeah, because I quite often read comic books at a fucking forty-five degree angle. Yeah, I think what he meant to say was that some idiot couldn't work the camera and he needed a bollocky excuse to get out of it. I think what they meant to say was they spent all the money on Travolta's salary and they had a wonky tripod and they couldn't even afford a fucking beer mat to prop it up. It's more likely. <laughs> <laughs> like. What the fuck kind of excuse is that? I wanted it to look like a comic, but right, does that explain the dodgy green filters as well? Then is that what? Maybe that is? that's that's not mentioned, but uh, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Oh, you, so, I mean, there's just little snippets. I'm on the wiki page and there's some Reddit feeds and stuff that um, there's just little snippets where people go, "Yeah, we did this because of this," and you, you know they're going, "No, you We didn't. need to justify this shit. We need yeah. to say something." Um, they did yeah. it because they, look, there is no other reason. For the amount of Dutch tilts and funky filters and star wipes and horizontal wipes and flash cuts there it's, and slow-mo, there is no other reason other than this is my first big directing gig. I'm going to throw everything I've got against the wall. You know, the kind of shit most of us do the first time we make a student film. Yeah. That's what this is. It's look how clever I am. Look what I can yes. do. Because everybody yeah. oh, else does it. I know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just incidentally as well, the, I think the reason for Canadian accents is that it was shot in Montreal. 
okay, still. Yeah. <laughs> Why um, is John Travolta Canadian? I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's, he's not to... actually Canadian, is he? I, I'm not. No, I don't think so. I think no, I don't think he was. He's, he's just pandering to locals. Like but yeah. at, at that point, it was America the, land. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it was the most expensive production shot in Canada, and it was about a third of the price it would have been in America. Jesus Christ! So that shows how, 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 how ridiculous it was. Um, yeah, I mean, this this whole fucking thing. I mean, it's just bizarre. I mean, it took twenty. Right, he's from New Jersey, so he's not fucking Canadian. So no, I mean, this this film grossed a grand total of eight and a quarter million dollars outside the US. Um, <laughs> it earned $21.5 million in the US and Canada and 8.253 million everywhere else on the planet. Um, it hurts me that I contributed five pounds towards that when I saw it at the cinema. It hurts me that we shot a movie for, what, 15 grand and it looks a hell of a lot better than this shit. Oh, yeah. It's written a hell of a lot better than this shit. Well, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Yeah. I mean, we... When this one, the, the the reported budget for production was seventy three million. They've already established that was that was overreported. But a twenty million dollar marketing budget. Fuck me. And it didn't even make it. Barely made that back. Let and they alone, can't even make a good poster. I know it barely even made the the media the, the marketing cost back. Let alone the fucking production budget. Um. Then. Yeah. Fuck me. Now in in a. A 2006 list of the top 10 biggest box office failures. Uh, MSN Movies placed it as tied on top with uh, in, uh, tied with Inchon for number seven. Inchon was a 1981 epic war film about the Battle of Inchon, uh, the turning point of the Korean War, which sounds like a fucking laugh, Ryan. That sounds boring as fuck. But yeah, we Lauren, now but Lawrence Olivier's in it, so Lawrence Olivier's in it, so it's not gonna be all bad. But, so yeah, we've got to find that now. Yeah, write, write the name down. I'll put That's it on the list. Be, yeah, gotta be. So yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it may not be bad. It may have just bombed, but uh, there's generally a reason yeah, for we're, that. We're allowing we're allowing for box office bombs as well, though. Under this, aren't we? We've got yeah, yeah. That, that we've said people have suggested, and we don't think they're that bad. They just didn't do well critically, and henceforth that didn't transfer to to big numbers. So we will look at some stuff like that. As yeah, well. yeah. So, so I mean, look, we can only go up from here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, what score has this film got? Uh, can you do negatives on Rotten Tomatoes? Nope. Uh, well, it's definitely not fresh. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> so, I reckon I'll be generous. Five percent. Three. Yeah. See, I was generous. <laughs> um, the, the critical consensus states: ugly, campy, poorly acted, stunningly misguided, an aggressively bad sci-fi folly. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, that that has just put all the sweary ranting that I've just done into a nice succinct paragraph. Well done, that reviewer. Yeah. Okay. This this doesn't make you laugh, and I'm going to stop reading the wiki page then. Um, at a post-launch publicity event, Travolta asked the assembled journalists if they've avoided if they enjoyed the film, and everybody avoided answering the question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, dear. there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that kind of says it all. Um, yeah, I just I don't know where to I I I just don't know where they thought they were going with this. Well, like like, like what you're saying about it being the first half of the book that makes sense. If you view it through the prism of being the first half of something, I understand. I de- doesn't it make doesn't it any make better. it good. No, well, it does make it slightly better from a narrative perspective, 
because at least it you understand that there's more to the story and the story's going to eventually resolve yeah uh which it absolutely doesn't here but it doesn't excuse the piss poor filmmaking of it all it doesn't excuse the horrendous exposition it doesn't excuse the relentless dutch tilts it doesn't excuse the adhd editing it doesn't excuse the poor lighting it doesn't excuse the bad cgi it doesn't excuse shooting the legs off a cow (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean um i I said i was going to stop reading the wiki page but i found the amusing bit now so we've got um, john stewart um mocked the film on the daily show describing it as a cross between star wars and the smell of ass (laughs) um and um an audience in, of, of uh, Los Angeles entertainment journalists, critics, and other, others greeted the film with guffaws and hoots at the screening in Central City. Other viewers in Washington D.C. and Baltimore responded with derisive laughter, laughter and, watch, and walked out. So, I mean, at that point, I mean, even before this film was released, they they knew it was uh, they knew it was going wrong. They look. I wholeheartedly believe that, aside from Travolta, who's clearly delusional anyone with any ounce of creativity in their body that was involved with this thing knew it was bad yeah they must have and everyone that didn't really fucking didn't like i don't believe the director knew it was bad he can't have no because you just wouldn't keep making those choices the screenwriter clearly did, but by the time we're in front of the camera, his work's done. So yeah, maybe he half-assed the script, but yeah, that's—I mean—that's the least of the fucking worries, isn't it? Let's be honest. So yeah, um, I mean, the the writer we talked about, um, J.D. Shapiro, and the writer and him, he, he apologized for it. Um, he he wrote a letter to the New York Post in 2010, and he said that the the film he wrote was not the film that was made. Um, he was embarrassed by the. He only saw it at the premiere, um, which was one too many times, which I think is probably. Uh, no, if your own writer is saying it's that bad. That's kind of. Uh, that, that's think, kind of telling. Yeah, I think ultimately, if we're looking to apportion blame here, there's only one person you can blame, and that's the producer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because they must have been who who did produce it they must have been delusional john travolta, travolta yeah john travolta and ellie samaha um who said the critics were waiting for us to chop our heads off everyone hated scientology for some reason i don't know why people were so prejudiced um and uh noted because it's fucking shit that's why yeah i mean i've got and you should have realized that yeah i've got two quotes and then i am going to leave this page um but rita kempley of the washington post wrote a million monkeys with a million crayons would be hard pressed in a million years to create anything as cretinous as this film it's a film the film version of the futuristic novel so breathtakingly awful in concept and execution it wouldn't tax the smarts of the troll relate that's pretty harsh yeah but fair yeah um and then um Who's this one? The Providence Journal highlighted the film's unusual colour scheme. Battlefield Earth's primary colours are blue and grey, adding to the misery. Whenever we glimpse the sunlight, the screen goes all stale yellow, so somebody's pissed on the print. Which, by the way, is not such a bad idea. Yeah, it's one of the best things you can do to it, probably. Um, So, yeah, producer-wise, yeah, you've got Travolta's listed as producer, so there you go. Yeah, you've got Ali Samaha, whoever she is, and one uh, other as well. She has produced... A lot of bad films. Um, okay, so and uh, Jonathan sorry, Cr- Jonathan Crane, who was uh, Travolta's manager. I was going to say who is also produced. Look who's talking. Uh, face off. 
So she's talking. So she's Travolta's basically the John Travolta guy. So the the blame here lies squarely with one person. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's all on Travolta. (laughs) Yeah, although I think that was fairly obvious from the start. I mean, I mean, there are lots of high-profile Scientologists. um, Tom Cruise being amongst them, none of them wanted to touch this pile of wank. I mean, look, you can say what you like about Scientology and stuff. And, and you know, obviously we, we all take the mick out of them and stuff. But the one thing you can't do is lay into Tom Cruise as a creative at all. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you just can't help but think if this had been under his guidance instead of Travolta's, we'd, we'd at least have had a half-decent film out of it. In fact, it would have been better than half-decent. It would have been good. Yeah, I think you're um, probably right with that. I think you're, uh, I think you're not, not far off the mark with that one. But yeah, you know, there's, there's clearly a story to be told there. They've just totally lost it and become far more interested in creating this universe and, and actually spouting the Scientology of it all as opposed to telling the story. Yeah. Which you can't help but feel, you know, under Cruz's guidance wouldn't have happened. For a start, he'd have attached better fucking talent. I think, he, so, yeah, I mean, I think he... The, the difference would have been he would have, tried, he would have attracted bigger talent. I mean, Travolta's star was kind of as high as it's been uh, at this point. I mean, he'd come back, he'd done, um, he'd had all the turkeys in the 80s, he'd done uh, Pulp Fiction, then he'd done a couple of more turkeys, but he was, um, he was he was back, he was he was working a lot, he was doing all right. But he's still, you know, between his sort of waning star factor and the Scientology aspect, People didn't really want to touch this. Whereas if you'd had Cruz, you'd had Tom Cruise, who at this point had just done Mission Impossible Two. Um, I think he was just about to do Last Samurai. He was doing lots of big he's movies. He's not too far removed from Magnolia at this point. He's only a couple of years removed from it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you're talking about two guys on very different trajectories of their yeah. career. And also, you're talking about. As you say, Cruz is just a Mission Impossible 2, so he's a bankable action star. Yeah. He'd have looked a damn sight better running in slow motion than fucking Barry Pepper. Yeah. And that's the role he would have taken and not the fucking Cyclone. Well, originally Travolta was supposed to play um, Johnny B. Good, but by the time the movie came around, he felt he was too old. He felt he was too old. Um, yeah. Which, you know, lose some weight and get the prosthetics on. Yeah. Now, you're an actor. Act. Pretend to be young. Well, yeah. Totally. Um, fucking hell, yeah. Tom Cruise can do it, so you fucking do it. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that we probably rant it long enough. I mean, I suppose the, the ultimate oh, question... I can, I can rant about it <laughs> all fucking... Na- I don't want to, no. but I can. Every, every time I try and finish, you say something else and it winds me up again. And I just fucking <laughs> straight back at it. I will fucking kick this thing six ways from sunday if you let me so yeah let's let's leave it die in peace so i never have to fucking think of this thing ever again yeah i think that's that's probably fair so um the ultimate question then is it better than super mario brothers do i really have to fucking answer yep uh no absolutely not (laughs) this makes super mario brothers look like fucking citizen kane mario was bouncy and fun and energetic and all of the things that we talked about a couple of episodes ago this is a fucking car fire it's, <laughs> it's not as entertaining awful. as a car fire let's be fair no it's awful 
awful, awful, awful. I would rather spend two hours sticking pins in my fucking eyeballs than watching this again. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean, I, I say, it has the dubious honour of being the only film I've ever walked out of the cinema um, during the film. Um, having then gone back to it, I really wish I hadn't. I wish I spent I spent two hours cheese grating my cock because that would have been more enjoyable than this pile of bollocks. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't say it any better than that. I don't. <laughs> um, by all means, if you want to disagree with us, if you know you think we've got it wrong, if we if we haven't understood it, which is probably the criticism that we levied, we don't get it because we're not highbrow enough. Um, drop us a line. You can find us on Facebook with the Double M Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter at DD Podcast Net. You can go to our website ddpodcast.net, um, where you'll find this, our old, ep- our previous episodes, our partner shows. Um, but yeah, get in touch. We'd love hearing from you. Send your worst films in as well. We'll give them a look. Um, we're all about the suggestions. Beat this. I fucking challenge <laughs> Yeah. Gauntlet laid down. Find a worse film than this. I, f- I don't think it's possible. <laughs> well, we'll see. But until next time. See you later. <laughs>